Hello, thank you for joining us today. We invite you to connect with us on all our social media outlets. Now, let's go to the message. There's some vision that God wants to give you. There's some real that God wants to do. And you don't even know how good it is until you have Try Jesus, because once you try Jesus and you compare, it's like going back to black and white television after you've had color TV. It's like going back to the Nokia phone once you've had an iPhone. Why would you go back when you can understand how good it can be? And so I want to encourage and I want to challenge people in the room today. If you don't know Jesus, like I've just expressed him over the last three minutes, I encourage you to walk, maybe not even walk, run the eye today and say the Jesus that you're preaching I've never met and I want the real thing if the son makes you free you are free indeed if your freedom what does that mean in Brandon's translation if your if your freedom came from or through Jesus Christ you are free for real for real if it came from Christ through Christ your freedom is not fake it is not counterfeit. Here's the problem with counterfeit bills. Most of the time, the only ones who know they're counterfeit are the ones who made them. Some of us have counterfeit faith. We don't know, even know it's fake until we try to use it. We had a, a woman that used to work at the church, and she took the deposit from a Sunday offering across the street to Randolph Brooks. She called me one Monday afternoon and said, Pastor Brandon, I'm in a little bit of trouble. I said, what's the trouble? She said, somebody on Sunday gave us a counterfeit $20 bill. And I said, that is a problem. Just deduct the $20 out of the deposit and, and it'll be all right. She said, that's not how it works. The person who tries to deposit, no matter if it's a commercial account or a private account, the person who tries to deposit the fake and counterfeit bill, they're the ones that go on the FBI watch list. They're the ones that are in trouble. Can I tell you that a lot of us are not going to find out that what we have in our life is fake and counterfeit until we try to use it. And when we try to use it, it is going to be too late. Not only is it going to affect you, but it's going to affect everybody that you've tried to pass that off on. I am here to tell you, it's through. we're through with the fake stuff. We're through with fake love. We're through with fake worship. We're through with fake service. I want the real thing. If the Son has set you free, it is for real, free indeed. If Christ died and resurrected us, church, to purchase and pay for our freedom, and we still aren't free, God is not the issue. If Christ died and resurrected to set us free, and we're still not free, God is not the issue, and I've got bad news, the devil is not the issue. If Jesus died on that cross, spilled his blood out, took his last breath, went to hell for three days to take back the keys to hell and the grave, resurrected after three days, then the Bible says, Paul says, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead now dwells in you. If you're still not free and you're a believer, it's not God's fault. It's not the church's fault. It's not the devil's fault. It's your fault. It's my fault. If our nation, 
not even spiritually, if our nation would take responsibility for itself, if everybody complaining about the president would take control of their home and their marriage and their family. You say, well, it could be doing a better job. I could be doing a better job. You could be doing a better job. I'm here to tell you, your freedom has already been paid for. Your independence has already been paid for. Your deliverance has already been paid for. If you're walking around in chains, check your pocket because you've got the key to lose yourself. Tyler likes to say this. I said, hey, Tyler, so-and-so happened, and, and, and this person is, is in need of this, this, and this. Tyler's very famously around us, and he said this since he was a little boy. He said, that sounds like a them problem, meaning why are you telling me about their problem? They can fix it. I know it's harsh, church, but there's a lot of us that are wanting someone else to fix our problem. Why are we depending on people to do what Christ already did and people cannot do? You are, you are depending on imperfect people to bring you a, a realization or a freedom or something that they simply cannot give. I want to encourage you. You come to me with a problem. I'm going to love you, encourage you, but I'm going to point you to Christ because I can't do what you need me to do, and you can't do what I need you to do. I need you to encourage me. I need you to give me some word. I need you to tell me to suck it up, buttercup, but at the end of the day, it is me and my God, and he has already made a way where there is no way and because it's a lyric don't don't let that rob you of it's not a lyric it's a way of life and god you have already ready made a way for me for us to experience freedom galatians 5 1 here we go all that to get to this i'm going to read two translations for you once in the nlt once in the niv so christ has truly set us free that that word truly is for real for real now make sure that you stay free Paul said it. Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free. And don't get tied up again in the slavery to the law. Here's how the NIV reads it. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then. And do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Let's break this down over the next few moments. Christ has set us free to live free. So here's the question, church. If Christ set you free and you have received that freedom, you are free, why aren't you living free? Why are you acting dead? Why are you acting bound? Why are you acting sick? See, when the doctor gives you a bad report, you should just remind your body, your mind, maybe even the doctor, oh, before Christ, I would have taken that. But can I just tell you that Christ has given us freedom so that we can live free. And I'm going to stand there for so that what used to jump on me can no longer live in me. He set us free so that we can live free. He gave you a car while you still walking. He gave you a spouse while you still acting single. He gave you money. I haven't said this in a while. It's not that you don't make enough money. 
is that you don't manage your money. Your money manages you. So it's not that you don't have money. It's, it's you have money, but you're acting like you're broke. Because you want the nicest this and you want the nicest that. Let me just remind you, no one that you think you're impressing cares what you have. Because the ones that love you, love you if you're barefoot. The ones that love, really love you, don't care if you're taking Via or if you've got a Mercedes. The ones that really love you, don't care what you can do for them. They just love you because of you. And so I want to encourage you, if Jesus died to set you free, and he died so that you can live free, why are we not living free? We put those chains right back on us. But the chains aren't locked. But we like to carry the chains. Because when we carry the chains, we, move, we remove responsibility for our lives. Oh, I can't serve. I'm bound. Oh, the reason my marriage isn't strong, I'm bound. And Jesus is saying, those chains aren't even locked. He said, I broke that chain 2,000 years ago. You've chosen to pick it up and to put it around your neck so that you can act like you're bound, so that you don't have to serve, so that you don't have to give. I'm talking to somebody today so that you can live below where God has called you to live. I'm here to encourage and inspire. God has broken the chains, but it's up to you and I to shake the chains off of us and make sure we never pick them up again. I am here to tell you, God, set you free so that you can live free. And if you are going to stay free, you are going to have to stand firm. Said so it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm. Ephesians 6, 13, verse 14. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. Somebody say all of it. So that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. When the devil comes back to take your freedom, you'll be able to stand your ground. When he wants you to backslide and go back to who you were before Christ, you can stand your ground. When he brings up your past, you can stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then. Pastor, I'm tired. I don't think I can stand any longer. When you think that you can't stand any longer, stand just a little while longer. Stand it. God's given you enough to stand. And I'm not talking about leaning and standing. I'm talking about standing. Not backslide. He called you to stand. Not drift. He called you to stand. Not sit down. He called us to stand. Not trip. Some of us have been tripping. He called us to stand. Not waver. He called us to stand. Why? Because we need a standing you. Because a standing you is a free you. Because a free you is a faithful you. Because of worshiping you is a free you. A free you worships like no other. A free you shakes the gates of heaven and storms the gates of hell. A free you doesn't bow to culture. A free you doesn't bend to the majority. Galatians 5.1, and do not let yourselves be burdened. It's not my mama's obligation. It's not my BFF's job. It's not my spouse's job. It's not my spiritual advisor. And if I was where you were today, I would say it like this. It's not my pastor's job to make sure that I'm standing. It's my job to make sure that even when I don't want to stand, I roll out of bed in the morning and say, I'm standing firm on the promise of God. I'm declaring the favor of God. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. My decision to stand firm. 
Turn to your neighbor and tell them it's not your job. Turn to your second choice neighbor and tell them it's, it's definitely not your job. Turn to your, your third choice neighbor and tell them, I don't even know who you are. It preaches really good on Sunday, y'all. If I was sitting next to Sherrod, I'd be amen in two. But then when you realize that you can't use the phrase, the devil made me do it. Let me, let me, let me, just, let me just, t- just say it like this. The devil is a defeated foe. You know one of the greatest things in all of the Bible is that the Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 3 that when Adam and Eve give in to the devil's voice, that the Bible says that God curses the devil. Do you remember how God curses the devil? He said, forever you're going to crawl, Brother Eric, on your stomach. You know what the greatest part of that curse is? The devil is no longer in your face. If he's not in your face, he can't be in your ear. If the devil is in your ear, it's because you're laying down and you're not standing. Oh, there we go. Some of us... We're saying the devil made me do it. I I hate to do it in church, but some of us have said the devil made me do it. And for me to listen to the devil, I've got to be in this position here. For me to listen to the devil, i got to stay here. But when God freed me, I said I don't have to stay like this any longer. You stay here, but I'm getting up. Pastor Becky sings a song, says, I'm going high where the devil can't go. I'm here to tell you. The devil has been defeated.